Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Winchester Radio. Uh, Tonight, uh, we have a very special guest talking about last night's episode, uh, Plucky Penny Whistle's Magical Menagerie, which is the 14th episode of seventh season. Uh, We are not going to take uh, call-ins tonight because we do have a guest and we'll be asking lots of questions and talking. I just want to let everybody know that... um, uh, to listen to the podcast and download it, you can go to blogtalkradio.com uh, slash media boulevard. You can go to our site, winchesterbros.com, and click on the Winchester Radio icon, which will take you right to the Blog Talk Radio site, where you can either listen live or download it. And uh, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Winchester Bros. Uh, that's for both of those, and uh, there's always... Um, updates about the podcast and lots of supernatural news and ratings and uh, everything like that. Uh, tonight, our very special guest is Mike Wool, who was the director of uh, not only last night's episode of Supernatural, uh, but uh, I think nine others. So um, uh, lots of awesome episodes. Uh, we're going to talk about that. But uh, from Usual Suspects was the first one, Bedtime Stories, My Bloody Valentine, The Monster at the End of the Book. Really some awesome, awesome episodes. Uh, welcome, Mike. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, it's, a, it's a privilege to be on the show. I'm uh, looking forward to it. Thank you for being on. <laughs> um, do you want to... We talk a little bit about the directing of the episode last night, Plucky Penny Whistle, and we also have uh, lots of questions and everything. But um, sure, yeah, um, uh, it was it was a great episode. I knew uh, I knew when I came into the office that uh, first morning of prep, and they said, "Hi, Mike, uh, here's your script." And I, I sat down behind my desk, and as soon as you look at the cover, and it says Plucky Penny Whistle's Magic Menagerie, I knew that uh, inside that that cover page was going to be something really, 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 really fun. And as I read through it. Uh, I was actually quite excited that uh, I got uh, I got one of the the quirky ones, which uh, <laughs> happened to show up once in a while on Supernatural, and uh, those are a lot of fun. You know, you you get your your mytholo- your mythology based ones that are you know really hardcore the mythology of the show, and then uh, as everyone knows, once in a while the, you get to go into the brain of these writer producers on Supernatural, and uh, they come mm-hmm. up with some pretty quirky amazing stuff. So. Uh, I love the comedy ones, and so I was really looking forward to uh, working with the boys and you know and uh, and everybody else in the crew and just kind of coming up with something that you know uh, was colorful and 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 funny and uh, you know and moved along really nicely and uh, everybody was looking forward on the crew. They everybody read the script and they're going, "This is going to be a good one." Yeah, th- this is good. So everybody put you know probably that little extra little something in the prep to get everything ready for the show. Now, I think uh, we've got to start off with the colorful title card. Uh, you know, very. You know, every now and then we get the special title cards, and I love the bit of splash and color and glitter that was in that. Did um, Was that strictly with the um, visual effects department? Did they come up with that, or did you as a director have any say in that? Well, me, it came as a biggest uh, surprise as because uh, as, I watched it just like the audience, and uh, that was a pleasant surprise. And I think it probably came... Uh, as an extension of uh, during uh, the preparation for the show, we knew that, uh, you know, we're going to shoot some clowns. Uh, so what happens when you shoot a clown, a real quirky clown? What would happen to him? 
and we thought, uh, uh, you know, they don't bleed. They, they they just burst a bunch of glitter. Wouldn't that be fun? And I think it was probably an extension of that that they thought, well, what a great way to sort of uh, instantly, you know, visually, kind of uh, plant the seed in the in the viewer's mind the kind of episode is going to be by just washing it with color. So that that was probably Sarah and Bob. You know, and uh, with the vis effects department, just going, well, you know, how can we get this little zing at the beginning? And uh, it was it was fun. I was just as surprised as uh, the audience when that happened. Mhm. It kind of follows to the end of the episode with the clown left in the road, and he winks, and there's sort of clown scary laughter. Was that? <laughs> that was a surprise too. We uh, we had actually had uh, you know, we knew we wanted to end it with the, you know the car driving away and the clown and stuff like that, but. Uh, you know, as you get through the process and you see the ending and you see the footage, you know, in post, that's your 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 uh, the next chance to sort of rewrite the script and add little little pieces here and there. And I think that was somebody's idea, it's probably Sarah's or Bob's again. With you know, why don't we put a little little wink at the end? But again, I was totally surprised by that. I didn't expect that coming. I, I thought it was just going to be the clown on the road. <laughs> now, is it hard to um, you know you, you've this is, you know, this is one of Supernatural's quirky, funny episodes. Uh, but you've done a lot of the dramatic ones before too. Is it hard to balance the comedy and drama in a show like Supernatural? Yeah, you, well, it's that's definitely um, the responsibility that you know you do have a lot of responsibility to make sure that you just play, you know, the mythology side of things, you know, with complete honesty and truth, and make sure that the, you know the reality that these characters live in are you know very truthful so yeah that's a challenge you want to make sure that you 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 don't uh, you don't gloss over that stuff and you know comedy is just as hard too because it's so subjective as to what's funny and what's not funny and uh you you definitely have to change your your brain from from the color brain to the you know to the horror brain and stuff like that but uh for me it's uh you know my background's in comedy anyways that's how I started in the business so you know as a director I love to dig into the uh, the mythology stuff but the the comedy stuff comes a little easier for me so it's uh, it's it's fun just to mess around and when you got the uh, you know like uh, Jared and Jensen they're naturally quite funny anyways you know on the set they're very playful very very playful and we're always having jokes and stuff so when these come along it's just really fun to bounce off each other and and you, know, you see what happens now um along that along those lines was with jared and his fear um you know well sam with his fear of the clowns and I, I think Jared has said in interviews before, you know, that he's not actually afraid of the clowns. <laughs> so, um, you know, how how does he, do you know what he did, what was the direction you gave to him on how to play up that fear? That's a great question because, uh, you know, quite often when you're acting and, uh, you know, we make this these, these scenarios up and stuff like that, I think – He's probably got his own tools that he privately uses and stuff like that. But quite often, what I'll just say is, uh, you know, sure it's a clown sitting there, but if you substitute it for something else, in other words, when you look over there, you know, that's not a clown. That's something that you can pick in your own imagination, you know, even out of your own private life or any experience you've had in the past. That if you want to get a result of, you know, in this case, morbid fear, <laughs> you could probably substitute something in the clown's place. And I would imagine he didn't tell me what he used, and quite often I don't even ask, you know, because I, I know that's part of the acting process, and he's he's all over that. That he probably picked something that you know would would get that result for him. I, I couldn't imagine what it is though. Yeah. 
the the clowns, you know, that were that were chasing um, Sam and was the ones they were fighting were very, you know, they had the similar look to Plucky, um, but way creepier. Who, you know, did you help with the like with the rotting teeth and everything, or was, you know, is that all with the makeup department? Who made them look so creepy? Well, that was uh, that was uh, our idea. Uh, you know, we when the clowns came up. At first, in prep, it was just they're clowns, and then we sort of draw the the next level was well, why don't we make it like plucky, and that it's just the irony of the fact that the, you know, these plucky clowns have come out. But yeah, it was later in prep we thought, you know, why, what's the decision here? We can go a straight clown, or what about something a little more sinister? So then we started talking to makeup, and I said, yeah, you know, when you get the, you get in there, they got you know these these bloody red eyes and these rotten teeth, and just the the juxtaposition between, you know, those demonic kind of uh, qualities and then with a the clown we thought we'd just amp up the whole idea that uh, these these are nasty people nasty clowns <laughs> and i think jared mentioned in an interview that the the guys playing the clowns were even bigger than he is yes in fact one of the clowns the big clown um he was actually a, uh he's a stunt man but he's also an ex-professional wrestler and he was about the same height but he probably outweighed jared by about 100 pounds <laughs> He was good, so he he was actually really handy. And when we came to uh, you know choreographing the fights and stuff like that, because you know being a, a professional wrestler, he knew how to do a lot of the the, the moves and stuff like that. So he, that was very helpful. The other clown, interestingly enough, this is we we needed to cast another clown, and we thought, hmm, okay, well we can get another stunt guy. But then as we we started figuring out the fights and stuff like that, we realized we want to get some juggling involved and stuff. And uh, as you saw in the episode, the guys juggling these heavy wrenches but we couldn't find a stunt guy who knew how to juggle so uh we actually went out to our extras casting people and we said hey do you got any professional clowns out there know how to juggle and then we we found this guy and it turns out i mean what are the odds he he was a clown he works as a clown he's a magician and he's a martial arts expert (laughs) oh wow yeah, so we, he'd never been uh, in front of the camera before. He, you know, he's, he does clowns for birthday parties and, you know, for, for, you know, people's gatherings and stuff like that. So we called him in and we interviewed him and he was totally excited, totally mm-hmm. game. And then Lou Bolo, um, my favorite stunt coordinator, brought him over with uh, with the wrestler and they, they worked the stuff, this stuff out. But, yeah, that was his first time ever on camera. Wow. wow. Great. That just worked out perfectly. Yeah, it was pretty fortuitous, and uh, you know he uh, he he learned how to juggle the wrenches on the day. We thought, you know, how's he going to do this? I don't know, but he did it. He just grabbed the thing, started flipping them around, and uh, and uh, there you go. It was fun. How do you go from clown school to martial arts school? <laughs> yeah, I mean uh, that reveals character. I wonder what his life story is. <laughs> But uh, he was uh, uh, he was it was fun to have him because you know once in a while when you're doing this this stuff you know you get so many people that come and go uh, and stuff and so it's fun to be able to get somebody involved that's never been around it before and I always get comments when I work on Supernatural from guest actors or any kind of guest that when they finish their experience on Supernatural they always comment how how fun of a place it is to work and that and I'm not even kidding it's just. Uh, it's a really great environment, and the, the guys that gaff that the most or really create that environment are the boys. They're just, uh, they're re- and they're very good with other actors. So anybody new who comes in, they really actually take care of them. Mhm. Yeah. Um, they say you know don't work with kids and animals, but you got both in this episode, including a unicorn. 
<laughs> yes, yes. Well, that was the of funny course. part. That was the fun part. Yeah, yeah. As soon as you get an animal, you go, okay, there's a horse or a unicorn. Uh, how do we do this? So, uh, yeah, it was really good. We had a, uh, a challenging night that night, definitely. Uh, you know, because, of course, you got this horse chasing a stunt guy or and stuff. So that took some, some coordinating uh, to get him to do things and uh, to get him to, you know, to do the rear and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I think it came together pretty good. Mm-hmm. It looked awesome. It looked awesome. Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, um, the, uh, yeah. The, the the cutting pattern of it actually worked very well and uh, the surprise at the end. And, uh, you know, we uh, the horn fell off once in a while. You should know that. <laughs> so I was like, okay, here comes the unicorn. It's chasing the guy. Okay, pan over and, oh, the horn fell off. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to ask, was it totally like a like an actual physical horn, or was it later on, you know, one of the effects that you just answered that question? It was a combination. So, oh, yeah. yeah, we uh, combination. we um, we took the horse, and I guess they bitted an application on his forehead. You know, a metal a uh, piece of um, magnet or something on it, and they blended into his forehead, and then the um, the horn itself is like a big magnet. It goes kick onto his head. And it worked very well, just once in a while. I guess just the way the horse ran, it kind of flicked off <laughs> and stuff. But uh, we just put a CG yeah. one in there just to fix that. And the rainbows <laughs> were a nice callback to face. <laughs> right, the rainbow. Yeah, definitely one of the best parts of the episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a surprise. When I read that, I laughed out loud, definitely, when I first read the script. <laughs> that's That's weird funny. That's the, that's supernatural. That's just weird, funny. I, I'm not even going to try to figure that one out. <laughs> well, it goes uh, um, it goes back to an episode in second season, Houses of the Holy, when first time angels were discussed, and um, Dean mentions that unicorns um, that he hears that they're real and that they shoot rainbows out their ass. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I didn't know that. Oh, that's great. Okay. Now I get the call back. I didn't know that. So I'm just going, okay, great. We've got a unicorn with okay, rainbows coming out of his ass. Okay. Well, I'll just go with it. <laughs> yeah. We'll just roll with the rainbows. That's fantastic. Now, was it hard for you guys to um, keep a straight face during so many of these scenes? I mean, because there were so many funny things in this episode. Yeah, when you do a comedy, it's you know you, you get a, you get that sort of uh, Harvey Corman, uh, you know that Carol Burnett thing. It is every once in a while something, either a happy accident or just somebody. It's just the 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 the, uh, the intention of the scene. We're cracking up quite a bit, definitely, and uh, especially around the fighting and stuff like that. Uh, things would happen that just you know you just can't help it. It's just so silly, <laughs> you know, with these these big feet flying around and the hair and. You know, it's just <laughs> silly, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, so you can't help it. But, you know, at the end of the day, you get it done, and it's all finished. Mm-hmm. Is Plucky Penny Whistles, um, did you did, did you make up that whole envi- restaurant environment, or was it a place already that existed and you worked within that, or...? Yeah, we knew that, uh, you know, to pull off, you know, a place like that, it would be better 
for for production if uh, we could we could get uh, a foundation of a place like that. So we looked around Vancouver and we we found that place that it's an actual uh, uh, tiny little uh, um, place where uh, uh, you know people bring their kids and so they can have a coffee. The parents can talk while this little in this little playground thing. So what you see in there for the most part is that place. We just brought in some uh, some extra layers just to, to to color it up a little bit. You know door frames and some of the paint. You know the plucky stuff all over the place. The big head of plucky and you know the the talking plucky, the one that moves and stuff. We just added our our layer of what we would require over top of what was already there. Now, um, or, uh, does any of the act, the cast and crew do that? Any of you all actually have the fear of clowns? And if so, I, I would have to think it would be really hard to film this episode. Well, as a matter of fact, uh, everybody. In supernatural, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I didn't see anybody running off or cowering in the corner, and I didn't really notice that. I'm sure there was probably a certain percentage of the crew who just didn't want to be around them, but nothing, nothing overt. I think I, I'm pretty cool with clowns. I, I don't particularly, uh, you know, want to hang around with them, but uh, I'm, I'm okay with them. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, yeah, yeah, you know, who, who doesn't like clowns? They're fun. <laughs> No, oh, and something um, interesting though was funny is that at Plucky's, uh, um, if you look closely, there's uh, there's some some mascots walking around. One's of course Plucky, and then we got our lion. And th- originally, those were the two characters that you know are in Plucky's. You got Plucky and his and his faithful sidekick, Mr. Lion. Um, but uh, the actual location itself has its own mascot and its own logo, uh, and you probably saw it in there. It's I don't know what it is. It's this this character with this kind of round head and these antenna. <laughs> I can't remember his name, but Ooh. part of the uh, um, uh, we we decided we just include him. He's there, and there was a costume and stuff. So we thought, oh, what the heck? Let's just have him in there. He kind of he kind of reminds me of the of the baby from Eraserhead, but uh, <laughs> still kind of fun. <laughs> I do remember seeing him like a insect thingy in a striped body or mm-hmm. something. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I haven't a clue what he is, but. The kids love them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, one thing I noticed, the countdown clock that was going throughout the episode, it sounded a lot like 24's countdown clock. It mm. down. Was that on purpose? Did you make it sound like 24? Yeah, in the uh, um, in the stage directions, it, it, you know, they said we're going to have a, a countdown clock and it's going to be just like the 24 clock, so... It's just a little fun layer that uh, they wanted to, to put over that because we knew we wanted to have a you know a, a context of time and you know what time we were in and stuff and you know that was just an extra little, little layer that would be fun to, to to put in so it was like a little call out to uh, twenty four. The the right friggin' now at the you know <laughs> at the end that was so funny and I'm, I'm guessing again that was another thing that was in the script to say right friggin' now. Actually, it said uh, in the script it actually just said now. And I think uh, just as they went through the process again, you know, he, as you're as you're editing and stuff, it's kind of another chance to rewrite the script a little bit. And so somebody uh, in post, uh, probably Bob again, said, "Let's let's let's amp this up even more." So that <laughs> that wasn't in the script. And it was it, um, last night during the show. It was trending worldwide. The words "right friggin' now" so on Twitter. So that were, that was really cool. Amazing. That that amazes me. That's that's a lot of fun. Now, what was your favorite um, scene to film? My favorite, let me think. I, uh, 
you know, I had a, a lot of fun personally with uh, there's a lot of fun scenes in there. But you know, the ballroom scene I, that was a like a part of a half a day on its own there that we shot. I I had a ball doing that. That was fun. It was pretty fun because I was really looking forward to you know putting all the pieces together and uh that one was fun and and, and the fellow that was uh, that 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 played the janitor he was a such a sport really a a sport and so uh uh that was really a lot of fun so did you film that to be like the jaws scene that was sort of what we were, we were definitely modeling it after we thought it would be fun if there was, you know if there's a shark in a ballroom it would be nice if we uh did a little bit of a callback to uh, to Jaws, and I, I I came up with the idea of well, what if you know when the shark originally was like the shark sort of bites him once, and then bites him again, and then hauls him in the balls down into the balls, and I thought, well, geez, I wonder if we could uh, bring in a little callback to Jaws itself, and you know in that sequence when the girl's out in the water and she's swimming and the shark gets her, it kind of like pushes her through the water back and forth mm-hmm. stuff. We thought we'd try to do a little callback for that, so we we put it on the bottom of the um, of the ballroom, we made this little slide, little slide rig on rails and stuff like that, and so we just sat him down in that, and um, you know, he pretended to be attacked by a shark, and we just hauled him back and forth real fast, and uh, <laughs> pretty exhausting for the poor guy, James O'Sullivan, but uh, he did a great, a great job. <laughs> well, it looked great. <laughs> good, thanks. Yeah, it was, I, I think it worked out pretty good. I thought the lighting was very cool, just sort of a spotlight like like a circle of light in the middle and yeah that was serge's idea serge you know he's like he act, i remember he came out to go so how do we do this mike what do you what do you want the ballroom to look like should it just be like a ballroom all bright and stuff and i said i don't know serge what do you think i said well you know it should be spooky it should be like a little uh you know the lights are off in the place the place is closed maybe we we make little spotlights and stuff like that and then he it was his idea to um when we were shooting it to play with the camera a little bit and it's called clipping the shutter and what that does is that when the guy's flying around in the uh, in the balls, the balls look like they're kind of moving in a funny way, kind of staticky and faster kind of thing. And we thought that would help add kind of an energy to the attack and make it feel a little, you know, um, uh, more energetic and stuff like that. And that was all Serge bringing that to the table. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit like shark's eye view sometimes, too, sort of. Yeah, we thought it would be fun if you know you sort of um, set it up a little bit, and we we did a little shot. We actually we just it was pretty easy. We just put the camera amongst the balls and just a little dolly shot, and you know we did it a few times just to make sure the balls kind of rolled off the right way, just to kind of pretend that something's looking at them. Who knows what it is, but it's uh, something's going to get them. Um, who um, who who drew the nightmare pictures? Did you have kids on set that drew them, or? Yeah, you know, uh, we uh, the art department actually went around the office and uh, went up to uh, a couple of people that they knew that had kids, and they just said, get some paper, and they just they took the papers home, and some of the kids just drew some of the pictures. We had some little wee kids drawing some stuff all the way up to like eight year olds, and so all those pictures there are, are drawn by kids of the crew members. Cool. I was really hoping we were going to get to see the giant robot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, wouldn't that have been cool? <laughs> I guess because we knew we weren't going to see it, we could imagine something completely huge and impossible to to do. <laughs> but it's in our minds. We can imagine it. Yeah, yeah. It's like Sam said. You know, well, at least we'll see it coming. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> um, the little boy uh, that played Tyler. He was the son of the mom who was the employee and having a really tough time working there. Mm-hmm. He seemed almost like 
channeling a little bit of Dean attitude sometimes? Was that on purpose? Was that part of it? Well, you know what? I, I wasn't anything uh, um, purposeful on my part, but I think you know what what happened is that because we uh, they were together a lot, and uh, you know uh, he they were getting ready for that scene. I just think that uh, um, his name is Jacob. Um, I think he just probably they just got along really well, and you know sometimes little guys, you know, if they if they see uh, somebody that you know is influenced, they just sort of copy him a little bit. So that's probably what that is, because they got along really really well, and I know that uh, Jacob really. Uh, you know, really liked them. They really got along great. Mm-hmm. It was good. They they did really well. They related really well in that that scene. I thought yes. that, was, that was nice. Dean talking about his childhood and kind of getting having kind of similar troubles that Tyler did with his mom. It was cool. Yeah, there's there's some fun irony there, and uh, it was well written mm-hmm. scene. The um, the opening scene of Sam running away from the clowns, it was a lot like, I don't know if you've seen the episode or not, it was a lot like a scene in Yellow Fever when Dean is running away from little Yorkie. Was that on purpose or was, you know, was that just a coincidence? Uh, that's probably more, uh, 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 I guess now that you mention it, it's probably more, it wasn't a purposeful thing on my part. Um, it was. It's probably more of a coincidence. You know, sometimes we like to... Uh, to start the episode, it's just off with something weird happening and being, and, and and it's nothing better than the boys being chased by something that we reveal later. So <laughs> it's a technique that the show likes to use, and I guess uh, this felt like this would be a fun place to to use that technique again. And personally, I love starting episodes off like that, where you know the lights come up and our one of our lead characters is like in big trouble. That that always says, okay, good, let's settle settle in here and find out what's going to happen. And and uh, I think it's a technique that it's a you know we use it at other places, but Supernatural is really good at uh, at filling in the the colors on those those things. How a, a lot of people want to know how much there was that was used on Sam there at the end because he was covered up. <laughs> Uh, quite a bit, actually. In fact, we, that that took a little bit of uh, testing because uh, we used little glitter and we couldn't see it. Then we used big glitter and that looked too weird. So it was a combination of both. So uh, there was a lot there. There was a lot in his hair and on his face and stuff like that. And we had to actually take his wardrobe and, you know, spray it with this adhesive stuff and just, uh, you know, the, the wardrobe people uh, totally went bananas on that. And, and it was funny because we had to shoot it out of order and... Um, we didn't know how how the effect was going to work or how big it was going to be or or anything. We sort of had to guess ahead of time. So I thought, you know, let's guess on the big side, you know, that he gets totally hammered by this uh, big cloud of glitter. And, and uh, <laughs> so that's what we decided to do. And I think it matches pretty good. It worked pretty good. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, and it was pretty funny. And uh, I don't think it was very difficult for Jensen to kind of <laughs> to, to get the laugh going. I think as soon as he saw him, it's, you could see in his eyes, it's like, okay, this is weird. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of people wanted to um, tweeted that Jensen's laugh seemed really real there, and you know, had he seen Jared with the you know covered up in the glitter before, or was it a surprise for him when he saw him? You know, I think it probably was kind of a surprise. I mean, I don't think he re- they were on the set at the same time, of course, in preparation for shooting, but they're all they're getting ready and stuff like that, and I I think he may have saw him behind the car before he got in. But uh, uh, it would have been it would have been pretty first timeish to see it, and uh, I, I felt that it was pretty uh, you know realistic and spontaneous. So um, you know I think it was just a really good excuse to kind of like have a good time. 
and uh, and Jensen's really good at embracing those moments. So it was a sincere laugh. And I mean, we very rarely get those happy scenes with Sam and Dean. Their lives are so tragic, and so it, it was really great just to see them, you know, standing there and just having a laugh for for a change. That was really good. Yeah, you know, it's it's yeah, it's you're absolutely right. It's kind of a cathartic feeling because I do remember. When we were, uh, you know, rehearsing it and staging it and stuff like that, it felt great, you know. And and it was also at the end of one of our days. One of our it was a hard week, and that same just happened to fall, I think, on a Friday night or something like that. And so I think for everybody, it was just like, oh, this is great. And it, it was a kind of a catharsis, and it gave us a lot of energy and stuff. Because you're right, they as characters and as actors have to deal with some pretty. Uh, you know, difficult stuff and and real stuff that they have to to go through. So once in a while, just to lighten it up and have a laugh, yeah, you really do feel you feel it in the uh, as you're filming it too. Yeah, it was great to see. Mm. I watched it a bunch of times. <laughs> <laughs> going going back to the fight scene with Sam and the clowns, um, did was that like? Did that take a long time to film, or um, you know, was it like done in a day, or you know, was, it, it looked really good and choreographed. You know, what you mentioned the juggling and everything. Yeah, that sequence was. Uh, um, uh, yeah, that took about a day, and because we also on that day we did the running stuff around the car, uh, getting them in and stuff, and we also shot on that day just that small little piece where uh, Sam sees. Um, um, the mother and the, and the little guy going up into the house and and the and the, uh, and the clown shows up and scares him. That all was kind of one day, and that was a full day. That was, it takes a lot. It takes a lot of time to get everything all up to speed and and to get all the the moves down uh, and stuff. But you know, you know, um, Jared's really good at that. He's he's done a lot of it in the show. And you know, when you get a professional wrestler, Lou Bolo, and even our 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 new juggler clown guy, he was totally on it. And it does. It takes a lot of time because you got to get the little pieces and. You know, oh, we have to stop shooting because there's a little smudge of makeup on his head, so that you got to stop, put the makeup on, continue. So yeah, it takes a lot of time, especially when characters are bleeding, because you have to add the blood as you go. So yeah, that's why it takes so long to shoot because you can only go so far. You got to stop, put the blood on, continue through, and then you got to do it for everybody. So yeah, technically it, it it takes a long time. So I had to be really ready and and working with Lou Bolo, who's you know he's so easygoing and just like can turn it on at a dime. You know, we just said we want this to happen. We want, you know, a couple of kicks. We want the uh, the juggling to happen. We want to make it, you know, a clown kind of fight, you know, with any kind of extra things that could happen. And, uh, you know, I, it, it pulled together pretty good. A couple of rehearsals, and uh, then it was a matter of doing it a couple times each shot. And, you know, there you go. I, I really like the detail with the tooth flying through the air. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. We knew that uh, you know he, we wanted to we wanted to destroy one of the clowns, so we, we picked out that moment. Thought, yeah, it would be fun, kind of to slow down time for a second and see what happens when Sam gets one of his licks in. And yeah, so that was fun. CG tooth, not a real one. <laughs> um, one of my favorite scenes. Another one I just I just rewound on my DVR and watched a couple of times because I just laughed and laughed with the whole. Interrogation and chase with the lion character, Cliff, who I, I'm guessing maybe he's named for Cliff Kosterman. Um, yeah, probably right. And, and the whole chase, and then uh, Dean chasing him and pulling his tail off, and just and then Sam not being able to run past the clown inside. 
Yeah, that worked out pretty good. Uh, that that was a f- we added a couple of those things as we went along. I, when we, we were doing the 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 beginning of the chase, it did did seem kind of funny that what if you know Plucky just shows up and kind of cuts him off at the pass, and he can't run around him. He's still <laughs> freaked out. And you know why I came up with that? Because I just needed to physically get uh, the Sam character a little behind. Dean, so that Dean would be the one that would catch the line. So I thought, well, geez, what kind of excuse could I use to kind of slow Sam down? And that's the one that came up. Well, Plucky will just kind of pop into the shot and slow him down a little bit. And that gave us enough time to get the distance so that uh, uh, um, uh, Jensen could could do the uh, the tackle. Mm-hmm. Did Did Jensen do that stunt when he jumped the lion? He it, well, the actual rolling around on the uh, on the tires. That would have been a uh, stunt guy. But uh, the whole, you know, he leaps past camera. But I don't doubt that uh, that he could do that. That's for sure. He's a very athletic guy. He's a Texas football player. It would be no problem for him to do that. But uh, we always let stunt guys do that stuff just in case something happens. Right. <laughs> well, there's some yeah. actors that do that. You learn the lesson the hard way. You know, where an actor might say, you know, yeah, I'll do that, but you know, suddenly the tire like hits him the wrong way and he's got a black eye or a you know a fat lip. That could happen. So. Uh, that's why we just let the stunt guys do it. Now, the actor who played Howard, um, he's married to Julie McNiven, right? Who was, who's, of course, you know, was Anna on Supernatural. Absolutely, yeah. You know, and I didn't find that out until uh, it, it, I, I, I was sitting there on set, and I look over, and I'm, uh, you know, we're in between setups, and I see this woman over there, and I actually said to Johnny Mack, who's the first AD, I said, is it me? Does that, does that woman over there kind of look like Anna? <laughs> and he looked over and he goes, "Yeah, she does." And we just—I just thought she was one of the, you know, the, some of the extras and stuff because she was standing in a group of people. I thought it was really. And then, of course, she comes over and introduces herself, and I felt so silly. And I, oh God, she was asked, you know, can I come and hang out with you guys? You know, while I watch my husband work. And I said, absolutely. Here's a chair. Come on, sit down. So that was how I found out she was there. I had no idea. Very cool. Yeah. He was great. Um does he have that voice in real life? The um the actor played out his name's Mike too, I think. Um, Julie's husband. Does he have that really, you know, fun sounding voice in real life? You know, it's actually pretty uh you know, I he put that on for sure. He, it was a choice that he had made, you know, to make the guy a little quirky and a little kinda of low status and happy and stuff like that. Um no, his voice is just like a regular guy voice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's actually quite a charismatic uh, guy, you know, <laughs> and stuff. But he he transformed himself for for sure. Uh, once you put the costume on, because I'd met him before, he'd he'd uh, he'd gotten his costume stuff. A totally different person. It's 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 the transformation was pretty good. He was you know good looking, you know guy, you know, and his husband and stuff. And then we puts the. Uh, yeah, the costume on, he totally just changed. A little thing in the hair and just the voice and the color. And, you know, that's how the character came out. He was great. I think he's probably one of my favorite, I get you know, bad guys. I, I really, really liked him. Mm. Yeah, I thought he, uh, I was, you know, you make discoveries as you go along uh, with these characters uh, and stuff because we, we work at such a fast clip that, uh, you know, people bring stuff to the table and you don't really sort of see it until the day you're actually shooting it, you know, and uh, he brought that quirky character um, in the first part, but when we got down to the basement there, um, man, I was really happy with how he uh, embraced the honesty and the truth and just the the, the uh, intensity of uh, 
you know what his goal was as a character and uh yeah he's pretty those eyes i tell you what those i'm watching the monitor going oh boy we got a good bad guy here yeah yeah he was great yeah and you could also feel he made it so you could feel a little bit sorry for him originally like what had happened to him and losing his brother and then his parents i guess were not there for him and made him a little crazy and so. Yeah, yeah. It's always uh, I always find uh, you know it's it, it, it adds a little extra when uh, you know the bad guys. You kind of you, ha- you do have that empathy for them. You, you, you do want, you might not agree with their tactics or how they're moving through their life now, but if, if you can kind of get where they're coming from, it just yeah it makes the character a little it makes them more interesting and richer. And you know he was just trying to stick up for kids based on what happened to his little brother, but he picked the wrong tactics and people got hurt. And I think you know he uh, he embodied that as a character. Now, were there any scenes that um, that were cut that didn't make it to the airing? You know, when I I did my first cut, I was um, I was only about God a minute over, so everything, as far as I recall, was in there. I didn't notice anything missing, so that was a well well delivered script. Usually, there's one or two scenes that get dropped out. I think we probably dropped pieces of scenes, uh, little bits of dialogue here and there, but nothing wholesale. I think uh, what was written. Was, is what showed up on the show. With with an episode as quirky and fun as this one, there had to be some things that would be gag reel worthy. Were there anything like that that you'd be able to talk about? Oh yeah, there's there's these happy accident. The happy accident. Well, one in particular, and I, I have to admit that I uh, I kind of set Jared up a little bit because I knew that this was a good opportunity for for some fun. He may come after me one day, but when it came to the, <laughs> um, it came to the during the fight, um, uh, he turns around and the clown sprays him in the face with his flower, and you know I said to the stunt guy or to the special effects guy, I go, okay, when he turns around, launch the water, but don't turn it off until I tell you. So Jared, we're fight, 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 fight. Jared turns around, the flower hits him in the face, and it keeps going, and going. And going, and I held it for like ten, fifteen seconds, and then I finally turned it off, and he was completely drenched, completely oh. drenched. And then I'm looking at him; I got a little smirk on my face, and he he looked up to me, and he's like, "Okay, Mike, very funny, very funny. I'll, I'm going to get even with you. Very funny. I'm going to go to my trailer and change now. And uh, nothing ever, and nothing's happened yet, but I'm I'm expecting something soon. Wait till your next episode. That's probably what it'll be. Yeah, I'll, I'll be careful when I go into my trailer. <laughs> also, that you know, with the, uh, the it was very funny. Uh, the, one of the clowns, a skinny clown, his nose kept flying off, and he'd fight, 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 and all of a sudden he'd throw a swing, and his nose would fly off. And we finally had to take a whole bunch of uh, glue, literally, and just mush it onto the end of his nose, and just like so it would fly off. <laughs> that must have hurt when they finally took it off for good. Yikes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sit in, the, sit in the bath for uh, half an hour, let it soften up, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that was another, like, spectacular motel room decor, the Tiki Hotel. That was amazing. You know, it's uh, it's one of those things in the art department with, with, uh, um, with actually, that, this, Jerry was busy directing during uh, the preparation of this because he was the episode before me. And so uh, John, the art director, became... You know, or chipped in as a production designer on that. And inside the art department, it's always fun for them to, as you guys have probably already heard, is like what's going to be the uh, motel room of the week. 
And uh, they'd never done tiki before, which I, I thought was very surprising. I thought by now they might have done it. And so I was so happy that I got to have the tiki room. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it turned out pretty good. And that's why I did that super wide shot, uh, you know, when Sam's on the phone and he's talking to 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 um, to uh, Jensen. I thought, you know, i got to really show this room off. And that mask that was on the right-hand side of the thing there, that's why I did that super wide shot just to really show it off. And it's a good-looking set. I like that there was even a ukulele on the counter there beside Dean. and <laughs> Yeah, and I left it there. It wasn't used on camera, but, you know, in between takes, that, you know, um, Jared and the ukulele, it, it showed up a few times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's quite the crooner if he wants to be. You don't expect like a like a tiki themed motel in in the middle of Kansas. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's, it's fun. Unexpected. Yeah, no, total fun. Now, are you scheduled to do any more episodes this season? Uh no, that was I did two this year and uh that would be my, my last one and uh um you know, I don't know what's the plan is for next you know, I hope there's a next year and uh, uh I would love to come back and do the show again. Well, I know we would definitely we you know I love your your other episode this year the mentalist that was another really good one. So. Oh yeah, definitely that that worked out that worked out really well. I had a lot of fun doing that one as well. It's different, slightly different uh, flavor and stuff, but some some quirky stuff in that one too. That was fun. Well, I'm very actually quite a proud of the teaser on that one where uh, <laughs> the uh, the woman gets the uh, the Ouija board heart in her throat. <laughs> that, oh yeah. <laughs> That was like, wow, okay, you guys wrote it. I'm going to shoot it in a certain way. You guys wrote this. Okay, go, Mike, go. All right, wham. <laughs> yeah. I, I have a question about that episode, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, when um, Sam and Dean go into the museum, and there's the picture of the Campbell brothers, Was were they named the Campbell specifically because, um, you know, Sam and Dean's mom's maiden name was Campbell? Was Or, you know, was that on purpose? Yeah, it was. It wasn't. It was on purpose. I think more as a, you know, maybe a call out, and an, it wasn't really uh, threaded together to to to, to any kind of uh, payoff or anything like that. It was just uh, it was just sort of like coincidental more than anything, and it, just to kind of build a, a moment there. We don't know if it leads anywhere or anything like that, but I kind of kind of added a little bit of uh, irony to the scene. We thought it would be fun just to kind of layer that in there. Cool. Yeah. They may have been real brothers, as a matter of fact. As they, as I recall them finding the pictures of those two guys, they may have been called the Campbell brothers. I can't recall, or if we made that up, I'm not, I'm not sure. But uh, anyways, yeah. Now, do you follow Supernatural? Do you watch the show? You know, even when you're not directing. As much as uh, I'm a big fan. In fact, you know, I I do a lot of other uh, television shows, and 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 Supernatural is um, like my favorite one to work on. And I try to watch as much as I can, you know. And usually, when I'm on the show and I'm preparing, I'll watch, I'll catch up on some of the episodes and stuff. But uh, it's, uh, you know, I'm just so busy; it's hard to, to see them on a weekly basis. But as much, many as I can get, I, I try to keep up with the mythology. And, and you know, the, I love watching the other directors working on their shows and, and stuff because you know I learn a lot. You know, learn a new project, what they're doing on the show, so that when I do come back to the show and work on the show, I'm caught up in, uh, on how things are working out. So I, as much as I can, I do watch it. But I'm I'm a big fan of the show for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, out of your 
10 episodes that you've done, which one was the hardest and which one, you know, is maybe your favorite? The hardest is absolutely easy to pick out. It was called On the Head of a Pin. Oh, that's one of my favorites. Such a that was a hard one. <laughs> that was a hard one. It was a very, very, uh, very well-written script. It was just a, a lot of material and a lot of story that we wanted to do. And just the, the, na- the nature of some of the stuff we had to do was, uh, you know, it was really, I wanted to make sure that I was really honest with the, uh, what the writers intended, and to really bring a lot of uh, as much of a, uh, a feature-ish kind of movie um, quality to the show, and you know there was, the stakes were so high for the characters, you know the angels and uh, and you know the angel that dies at the beginning, and just the whole mythology. There was a lot of responsibility there as a director to make sure that um, you know what's intended by by Eric and, and the gang back then that that translated as much as possible on screen, and to get every single morsel of story that they came up with um i wanted to really focus on everything because that one that script grabbed me i really really enjoyed that one and just uh the whole um thing with the with the jensen's character at the time with alistair and alistair change to the star david and everything like that it was it was you know right there were so many unique things about it i really really wanted to dig deep in that and so that took a lot out of me that was a tough episode yeah, it was definitely yeah. ribs and eyeballs by the end of that one. <laughs> There's so many different things going on in that episode. It's such mm-hmm. a good one. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It is one of my favorites, too. I'm I'm very proud of that episode, and it was a privilege to be able to be the director on that. Mm-hmm. You directed one of my absolute all-time favorites, The Monster, at the end of this book. Oh, and, that was a good one. And it's like it, that one. that's another one where it has like a lot of humorous moments but also some very emotional moments, and it was a very pivotal moment in the Angel storyline at the time as well. I, I just just loved it. That was an amazing, amazing work. Yeah, well, th- thank you. And the you know the, the the script for that one was again it, it grabbed me right away, and and you know the new care was a new character showing up at that time, and and you know honestly when the Angel thing started happening in Supernatural, I was over, I was a fan of the show before that. And stuff, and you know the stakes were getting higher and higher. But when they brought in the angels, man, I just thought that was so cool that uh, that, that mm-hmm. Eric decided to take the story in that direction and and to create angels that weren't what we expected them to be. That was to me really cool, and it just motivates you as a storyteller, as a as a director, to be able to to translate that. And so when that started showing up, and then um, oh god, I forget the character's name, the writer character. I should know this. Chuck. Chuck. Yes. Yeah, with Chuck comes along and and, and the the gospels of, uh, of of the Winchester gospels. I mean, that's that's so cool, and uh, so it was fun to, to to stage that out. And uh, and Chuck, the, the fellow that played Chuck, um, God, here I go again. I've forgotten his name too. Bob I should Benedict. know. Yes, Bob yes. Benedict, yeah. yeah, he did. Uh, he brought a lot to the table, and uh, and uh, yeah, it was it was great. And and that scene, that episode also has one of I loved. We got to see when Dean was asking Castiel for help, and Castiel wanted to help him, but he couldn't, and so he did it in that sly, sneaky way of telling him why he couldn't help him. I I you know because mm. of the archangels would come down. I I I just really loved the way that that whole scene was shot. I just thought it was mm-hmm. really good. Oh, good. Well, thank thank you. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. it was. Uh, 
it was uh we used that space you know i loved the, the front of that hotel and everything like that and i and, you know i just wanted to really show it off as best i could and 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 then work on that on the acting and it was uh definitely misha misha's choices in that scene i think were, were really good and of course you know the the the, uh, the courage for that character you know in in face of what could happen to him to kind of drop that clue on on uh, on mm-hmm. um dean was pretty good mm-hmm. Now, I have to mention probably the only scene that out of all of the Supernatural episodes that I can never watch is that opening scene to My Bloody Valentine where the couple is eating each other to death. Oh, my God, and you directed that. That is the single most gross scene, I think, in all of Supernatural. Uh, yes, you know, and uh, um, yes, I, I, did, I, I pushed the envelope on that one for sure. I mean, the way it was described in the script, you know, um, what I do when I come, come to Supernatural, I, I think it's my job to like, uh, you know, I read the script, I look at what's intended, I, I, I follow the guidance of the of, of, of Bob and Eric, uh, uh, you know, at that time to make sure that I'm right on track. But I always try to go as far as I can go. And I thought, well, God. So I really got uh, aggressive with that episode or that sequence and uh, really wanted to dig into the Supernatural limits of what we could do. And... Uh, we had, you know the, the and the two actors that were involved in that were real sports because man that was a that's a lot of weird work you got to do <laughs> and uh i think it paid off pretty good i'm glad i'm glad you can't watch it i'm proud of that <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> that, that's the only episode that when i'm watching i always skip that scene <laughs> it's funny my my wife does the same thing she can't well most of supernatural some, a sequence will come up and she, anything with blood she's got to turn away <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you directed appointment in samara and that's one of the episodes that death is in julian richings yeah no he uh Oh, you know, as as much as he's like so alarmingly wonderful on on uh, on television, in person, he's he's such a great. Uh, he's got a really very elegant personality and just a, a, a true actor and stuff. And uh, you know, he's he really puts himself fully into the part. And I can't think of anybody else that could have been cast more perfect than him. <laughs> <laughs> With just the look on him and uh, just what he brings to the role, and uh, yeah, I enjoyed that episode. I loved the uh, the the scene with the both of them at the end when uh, Death is eating a hot dog, you know, and they're yep. around the table, and it's like, see, it's pretty heavy that ring, you know, you got what you wanted. Mm-hmm. There's a, a hard lessons that he's learning there, and then of course the very end of the episode when Sam's getting that soul put back into him, and and the whole concept of the wall coming up, and don't scratch mm-hmm. that wall. It was, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, pretty hardcore. Yeah, I mean, death is so so scary, but it's kind of cool that even death has some quirks like liking fast food, pizza, and fried <laughs> pickles. <laughs> yeah, he's got quite the appetite, that's for sure. <laughs> and Julian, love, you know, he, he went, he powered through those hot dogs. He was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, not at all. Yeah, what's he got to lose, right? So bring it on. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Have you ever gotten a script that, like, you read it and you're like, oh, whoa, this is just too far out there for me? <laughs> 
let me think. You know, uh, bedtime stories was a little like that at first because I was new to the show. And I was still trying to figure out kind of what the show was about myself. I'd done a couple of episodes. And then when Bedtime, bedtime Stories came along, I thought, what a wild departure. You know, it took me a, a second to get my hand around. It didn't take that long, but it was like once I figured out kind of like what made Supernatural so unique is to go down those roads, then I could uh, I could embrace it. But that one, that one, that first one, hmm. But then I totally got into it. And uh, that's another one I'm super proud of too, Bedtime Stories. That was That was a good one. Your first episode was um, Usual Suspects with Linda Blair and everybody back in the second season. And then, you know, here, you know, in the seventh season, you you know, you've done two episodes. How has, um, what's it like, what's the difference in between, in filming in the second season and the seventh season? Is there much difference or is it pretty much the same? I would say it's different in as much as, um, you know, in season two, you know, just uh, from a uh, – the show is still pretty new, and uh, the stakes are really high as far as uh, making sure that the quality of the show that you you do is uh, – um, you feel the pressure more, I think, in, 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 in the second season because everything's so new. Uh, when you get to the seventh season, even though the stories are just as good and you have just as big a responsibility, because you – you're part of the machine, and you're part of uh, you know what's been established. The show has legs. It becomes kind of easier because you uh, you know you, you know everybody. You're not the new kid in school, and um, you you can see how far you can go, and and you just understand the 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 universe of supernatural. So in that way, it becomes easier. It's not easy because the stories are still as ambitious, and 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 you still need to have the quality there, but you know. You do feel the difference. Uh, back way back when I did my first one, I didn't know anybody. So when I came in, I was you know the new kid in school, and I didn't know Eric or Bob and and stuff. And you really want to make sure that uh, their stories get told properly. So um, that's the I guess the main difference is now I'm part of the family, and I feel a lot more comfortable. And I know the boys; they know me, and you know, and we we can have more fun. And it just makes it uh, that's how different it is. It's like anything, I suppose. Hmm. You you have really directed some really really great episodes, and I've just it's so much fun getting to talk to you about them because you, really you've directed some of the best you know some of my favorites. It's just really great talking mm-hmm. with you. Oh, that's no, that's uh, it's a pleasure to talk uh, uh, about them. Um, you know, it's uh, you kind of you work in your in your world of supernatural, and uh, and you don't quite often you don't you don't get to share the experiences with 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 folks that watch the show and are fans of the show so it's it it's for me it's a kind of a it's a pleasure because i i love uh sharing my experiences and stuff like that uh, uh you know on the show and uh and love answering questions you know uh, you know sometimes i'll meet people on in different formats and stuff and they'll ask questions about you know this show and other shows and or i go to acting schools or film schools and they'll get questioned too and i just like sharing that experience because i think it, it it's fun to have insight into a process and uh and just you know just how it's done kind of thing i think for some people is is it's kind of neat to get that uh inside look on how it's all put together now some of the crew people go to the supernatural conventions like guy b goes to some and like russ hamilton and um john marcinuck and um jim michaels would you ever consider maybe you know going to a supernatural convention Oh, absolutely! I think it would be hilarious. I, I guess I just I've been working uh, on other things and just have never gotten around to, uh, you know, get, getting to that. But uh, I, I'd totally be open to going there and, and meeting people and uh, 
and uh, they sound like they're really really fun. I mean, the way the guys describe mm-hmm. them, it's it's really 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 fun and, and stuff. So uh, that would be kind of cool just to meet people and you know kind of do what we're doing now in a in a public format, and uh, you know we get to see each other eye to eye and and uh, they, mm-hmm. that's that's a hot tub. That'd be great. I'd do it. Totally, I'd do it. Great. <laughs> Maybe I'll get a chance. They do them in Vancouver. I live in Vancouver too, so that's uh, that's uh, fortunate. They, they they do them here a couple. Were you saying there was? Yeah. Like, there's been three. There's been three, and there'll be another one in this this August. Well, there you go. If I'm around in August, maybe I'll take part. Mm. If I come to Chicago, I go to the Chicago convention. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I'll, if I'm in town, I'll I, I gladly. You know, I, I I move around. I work. You know, all, you know, all over North America. So sometimes I find myself who knows where. I don't mind traveling. <laughs> yeah, of course. We just had a really good question tweeted to us. Um, BJ Xmas says that you've directed some of her all-time favorite episodes. Which one was the most problematic, and which one turned out better than you hoped it would? Good question. I would say, you know, uh, um, that beast of an episode, I call it, on the head of a pin, that was that was the, the most difficult, you know, and uh, that's the one that challenged me the most because uh, uh, there was a lot to do in, in that episode, just with the angels and the angel fights. Um, you know, that I have to say, I, I tell people that the beginning sequence in that, uh, the, the teaser, where uh, uh, Misha's character comes along through these, these crashed cars, and you know, she finds this diaphanous woman laying on the ground, and in the background all these uh, police cars start to roll up, and you know, suddenly he disappears, and as the cops run in, it reveals that it's a dead angel, and we had to do this big crane up and stuff like that and show the wings and everything like that. Uh, the secret of that is that we had to shoot that scene um, uh, here in Vancouver. I think it was in January or February. And then one of the anomalies of this, this city here is that during the winter, you get that rain that's sort of in between snow and just wet rain. <laughs> so it's kind of like Slurpees falling from the sky. It was so cold that night, and that poor woman had to lay on the uh, on the on the ground, and we kept her warm as best we can. And it was, you know, she could only lie on the ground for like, uh, you know, ten seconds, and then we'd have to take her in a tent, warm her all up, and stuff like that. And that with the rain and just and it was very windy. It was a uh, from a from a shooting outside point of view, that was really really hard. And you still have to uh, get the details, and you still have to tell the story in the best way possible. But you could imagine, you know. You know, running around the North Pole, you know, in your bathing suit, <laughs> trying to trying to do uh, a painting or something like that. It's it's, it's just physically very difficult sometimes. So that that was a challenge, and not to mention some of the other sequences with uh, some of the fighting and going through walls and uh, and then just to to make sure that acting wise that uh, the characters were and the, you know the actors that did the characters were really on top of it, but just to you know really make sure that they're following and along with the story and being as honest as possible. So. That was the most difficult one. What was the other half of the question? One that turned out better than I thought? Yeah. Let me look. Let me think. Uh, that would probably be Folsom P- Prison Blues, I think, was good. And the reason for that, I think, is because when Eric took that into post with Bob and stuff, um, they, added, they added some needle drop music. You had Green Onions, you know, when they're coming into the prison and they're walking down the corridor. I think they're playing Green Onions or something like that, soundtrack-wise. And... Uh, that just that that came alive that one, and we shot in uh, Riverview, which is a, a, a hospital here in Vancouver, and uh, we got some really cool locations and stuff. And that one turned out—I was very proud of that one. I like that one. 
that's when I actually watch. You know, every once in a while, I'll pop it on and watch it and kind of, yeah, that's fun. That is, that is a really good one. I, that, that's mm-hmm. another great one. And that's the one that brought Cliff into the show. Mm-hmm. Hi. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Tiny. Hi. So, yeah, so lots and lots of great, great episodes. And you're just definitely one of the best directors, I think, because you have such great mm-hmm. episodes. Well, thank you for saying that. It's uh it's uh it's it's really nice to hear that coming from folks that you know um love Supernatural and are fans and support our show. I mean, uh a lot of directors kind of float around in a bubble. We don't know how we're doing. <laughs> we're trying our best. You know, we hear from our bosses that they're happy and everything like that. But it's mm-hmm. like uh, you know, as showmen, like I said, I started out in comedy standing on a stage in front of an audience. I got to tell you, it's nice when you when you put it out there and and you see the faces and you hear the claps it's it's very rewarding so this kind of the same thing that happens here this is uh it's it's nice and i'm i'm glad you guys like the stuff mm-hmm. um, just to let you know they've already started tweeting now asking creation entertainment to invite you to conventions <laughs> <laughs> bardic voice is just Yay. tweeted uh, bardic voice just tweeted creation saying please invite supernatural director mike roll to vancon he lives in vancouver and has directed 10 episodes <laughs> Wow! So you may you may get your invite. Well, wouldn't that be awesome? Well, I definitely make plans for that. It would be uh, it would be fun, definitely. I hear they're they're a gas. The boys love going to them and stuff. It would be uh, a privilege to do that, especially here in the town that it's made. Exactly mm-hmm. right. <laughs> well, is there? Um, do you have any projects coming up that you're working on? Yeah, I'm I'm lucky, you know, I'm knocking on wood right now. I'm I'm working on a few things. Um uh there's as you know probably, you know, Vancouver's a pretty busy production center uh and stuff. So there's a few new shows that I'm uh, as well as Supernatural. You know, I've just finished Supernatural a month ago. And uh so I'm doing a, a few other shows in town. I I finished Eureka. I don't know if you know that show a little right. while back. And that broke my heart that that show was not coming back. That's that was really fun. But uh, coming up is uh, I'm doing some more um, sci-fi uh, kind of horror stuff. There's a new show called Primeval New World. It's a uh, based on it's a franchise of a of uh, an English show that's shot in England. It's very popular in London called Primeval. I love and, it. Do, mm-hmm. do you know the show? Uh, yes, absolutely. It's terrific. Oh, fantastic. Well, we're doing uh, a new version of that. A new uh, team. Uh, are investigating the anomalies uh, here in North America. And so we're going, uh, they're in pre-production right now, and uh, we're getting into, close to getting into production. So I'm going to be doing three of those. And then uh, there's another show, new one. It's just, it's way under the radar right now, but it's called Continuum, and it's going to be a new sci-fi time travel cop show that's going to be shot here in Vancouver. And uh, that's what I'm actually doing right now. I'm in the middle of prep for that. And uh, it's got some really cool, cool, um, writing and stuff like that. Uh, John Kassar, uh, the director of 24 and Terra Nova, uh, is the first director out of the gate on that, so he's working on that show. And uh, we're looking forward to that one, definitely. And, of course, Supernatural, my favorite show when it comes back. Yeah. I look forward to that. Yeah. You've, you know, besides, you know, besides, of course, Supernatural, you've di- you've directed some great, great shows. You mentioned Eureka. You've also worked on Haven, um, what Smallville? One of one of my favorites, Dead Zone. Um, you, you've just you've got a great re- resume. <laughs> yeah, Kyle X Y. There's sort of like a genre 
thing going there? Is that kind of on purpose or just sort of the way it turned out? Yeah, you know, I I think it is the way it turned out. For some reason, um, Vancouver, I mean, um, uh, Vancouver years ago, it just seemed to attract a lot of shows that fell into that sci-fi or horror kind of genre. And so it's completely by accident. I mean, Vancouver or just living here, it could have been any kind of genre. But uh, these kinds of shows ended up showing up. And, uh, you know, I would work on one and then another one would show up. And uh, it's it's cool, though, because I love the genres. that They're, they're exciting. They're really, uh, you know, they're, a lot of stuff happens in these shows. So uh, it was just a happy accident that I, you know, managed to uh, to fall into those spots. But, yeah, Vancouver's kind of a, for the most part, a sci-fi adventure kind of town, I guess, when it comes to TV. For Clarity, did you have any more questions for him before we are our hour um, up here? <laughs> um, how, how did you first come to Supernatural? Were you approached or? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, it was back on uh, um, when I was doing Smallville. Um, it's they're both CW shows and they're both through Warner Brothers. And uh, um, when I was doing Smallville, I, I had done a few of those, and I think you know those worked out pretty good. So I think I probably got some attention from uh, from the CW and Warner Brothers, and I got invited to uh, just to meet Bob and uh, and and Eric, and we just sat down, and had a chat. You know, I was in L.A. at the time working on Smallville or editing, and uh, we had a nice chat. Went up to the office; it was like two floors above the editing of Smallville, and uh, I think we got along pretty good, and we shared Smallville stories because he had directed on Smallville, and uh, they invited me onto the show, that first one, um, with uh, Linda Blair, and uh, you kind of went from there, you know. If you do a good job and they're happy with you, chances are they'll ask you back, (laughs) and that's how it worked out. They must have been happy 10 episodes and hopefully more. (laughs) Yes, yes, I'm looking forward to it, and uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm always, oh, it's always a privilege to work on that show, and uh, I'm always very grateful when they give me the opportunity. And uh, uh, you know, I love digging into the horror, the horror show. It's one of my favorite genres. Mm. Very cool. Um, uh, real quick here, uh, someone here asked if um, they said they're they're a big fan of Haven. Will you be coming back and directing anything for season three of Haven? Um, it's up in the air. I'm not I'm not sure yet. Um, I'm, I'm pretty packed with some other stuff. So uh, if 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 I can uh, arrange it, I'd love to go back there and do it because uh, it shoots in Halifax, way out in the east coast of Canada, and it's it's a fun place to shoot. And uh, I like the show. So nothing's nothing's on the horizon yet, but uh, it's always a possibility. That's that's another one of my favorite shows. It goes along with Dead Zone. I love both of those shows. Very good shows. Yeah, you know it's uh, it's uh, the same uh, same producers as Dead Zone, um, and, and you know uh, I've worked for both of my, all those episodes of Dead Zone. Same guys, and they really know how to put a story together for sure. Well, Clarity, did you do you have anything left? I I don't think so. I hope not. I'm 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 sure we'll you know hang up we'll and go, up with Oh my gosh, I forgot to ask. <laughs> 
but right. Well, <laughs> that's not a moment. Well, you know that's what? Great. Just so you guys know, I, I, you know, and it's kind of fortuitous that I'm, um, I'm talking to you guys, but I'm going to be starting a blog coming up here, and uh, I'm working on it. And part of the blog is to be able to talk about the shows I work on and talk about, uh, you know, shows like Supernatural and. It's intention. It's just to kind of again, just sort of share some of my experiences, and and uh, you know, if anybody has questions of show on the show, just like this, um, it's kind of a new format or a new for me to be able to to share some of the experiences with people. So it's up there right now. It's called MikeRoll.com, and I'm still working on it. And uh, in the future, that's kind of where people will be able to get a hold of me if they got any questions. <laughs> oh, great! Awesome. We will. We have to check that out. You. You you might you might want to think about getting on Twitter too. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I, I'll uh, I'll probably extend to that as well and just get more of a presence out there and you know and uh, see what happens. Well, thank you so very much for coming on to our show. We we just had so much fun talking with you. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, it's a pleasure. Thank you, so thank you very much. And uh, I'll, I'll leave you with one little teasy thing uh, just before I go. Is uh, I have a daughter. Her name's Casey, and. Uh, that's all I'll say. She may, she may, she may be involved somehow with the show. I don't know. We'll see. Ah, okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll remember okay. that. <laughs> cool. So uh, thank you very much. Uh, it was a pleasure, and uh, and uh, I look forward to talking to you again sometime. Yeah, oh, definitely. Great. Your next episode, you're wel- welcome back anytime. All right. Absolutely. I look forward to it. Okay. Thank, thank you, you so thank- much, Mike. Thank you very much. Take care. See you later. Bye bye. Bye-bye. What a wonderful guy. I love talking with him. I know. He was great. We are just, we've been so fortunate here on Winchester Radio. Our our guests have been just amazing. Uh, you know, so much fun. And it's so great to be able to have, like, like, the directors and, and writers. I mean, we love having the actors on, too, but the behind-the-scenes folks, it's great that, like he said, they kind of work in a bubble sometimes, and they don't get, like, a reaction or, or to hear how things are going or how much people enjoy their stuff, so it's great to have them on and be able to tell them. Definitely. And, I, I you know, we could probably talk with him for, like, a week, <laughs> as many episodes as he's directed. <laughs> I know, and my gosh, there's some just my just absolute favorites in his his group of episodes. Like like I said, Monster at the end of this book, I love that episode. And oh yeah, all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um, I, I want to mention real quick. I was um, as I was looking through Twitter for questions, I just saw where apparently Whitney Houston passed away today. I thought I was going to, you know what, I was just going to say, this is a complete tangent, but I, I just saw as I was doing stuff around here that Whitney Houston passed away. And, you know, our condolences to her family and friends. She's leaving behind children. And, and she's only 48. And right, yeah. Terrible, terrible tragedy. Sorry to hear that. Yeah. I, horrible. Yeah, me out. Um, there's just, there was just one thing about um, Plucky Penny Whistle that I wanted to talk about. It wasn't, like, really related to directing. I didn't want to bring it up while Mike was, <laughs> Mike was on because he'd be thinking, why mm-hmm. is she talking about that? But I just thought it was it was really cool in this episode how um, sometimes the writers for this episode were um, Andrew, Andrew Dubb and Daniel Laughlin, 
And sometimes, you know, sometimes their scripts are really great and sometimes I have issues <laughs> with some other things they bring up. And they can be a little bit mean-spirited sometimes, but I thought in this one I loved the the relationship between Sam and Dean and the actual, I mean, they were still brothers and Dean was still teasing Sam, but he was also trying to be supportive, you know, and trying to say, okay, you know, like about the clowns. Remember, Sam, you know, if uh, if it bleeds, you can kill it, you know, about the clowns. Right. And Sam and Sam kept repeating that as like his mantra, you know, like like the you know, yep. okay, you know, let's be kill it, and and it was kind of very much kind of little brother counting on big brother to to support him and get him through it, and of course poor Sam, you know, when he shot them, they just had sparkles, <laughs> you know, no, yep. they didn't believe, no blood, so he so can't kill it. <laughs> yeah, but it was so funny, and then even at the end when Dean is looking at him and laughing at him from all the sparkles. It's like Sam was like, you know, it's okay. Just go ahead and laugh. And even he was smiling. And he brought Dean the slinky and, you know, Dean had the right. and it was so We didn't see Dean mention the giant slinky or anything to Sam, so that means Sam knew that Dean has always wanted a giant slinky, which I, I like that. Yes, I did too. And that really was a giant slinky. Holy cow. <laughs> Um, I I did want to mention, you know, at the beginning when Dean said, you know, no um, no hot chicks, you know, and everything at the beginning because of everything that happened last week, um, Dean did not drink for the first time. All we didn't drink this whole episode was coffee. And mm-hmm. I can't remember the last episode where we didn't see Dean drink. So I thought that was huge. I know. I, I noticed that and I, I actually wrote that down and I wonder if it's did he make that actual decision because of last week do you think it's something that's going to hold I don't I'm betting not betting he'll be back to drinking pretty soon yeah probably but you're you're right it's definitely a it was a huge thing that at least for a little while Dean just had enough you know, it's like he had this experience, and and um, he's almost a little bit like Sam because you know what happens when you know, every time Sam has sex, you know the woman dies or they're a demon or something mm-hmm. horrible. Well, that's starting to happen to Dean. <laughs> right. <with> the Amazon, <laughs> you know, a woman. So you know, and it's like you know what? Uh, that's it. <laughs> I've had enough yeah. for a while. So <laughs> that was that, that was that was interesting, and I liked at the very beginning. Um, when Dean's talking to Frank on the payphone, I guess Frank won't let him use the cell phone, and then they have to do those code words like, you know, uh, I am the Eggman. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and so I like how we got all caught up, you know, kind of like, okay, you know, there's nothing new about Dick Roman, and, uh, you know, they talked about last week with the MS. Nope, can't find them either, so we're all sort of reviewed and caught up, and they didn't forget, and then we could move on to this week's case. So I thought that was that was really cool too, and it was funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, the um, actress who played Libby, the little boy's mom, the uh, worked in the at worked at mm-hmm. She's so familiar, but I cannot place where I've seen mm. her. Yeah, she is. But yeah, it was another great 
one of their good fun episodes, which you know we've needed. It's been we've you know so much loss this year with Kat, losing Castiel and Bobby, and so depressing. Mm-hmm. It's good to just you know it was it was like we were there with Dean at the end, laughing you know for the first time in a while. Mm-hmm. It was nice, and it wasn't even fake because we saw Dean trying on like fake smiles a couple of weeks ago. And right. He was genuinely laughing, and it was it was it was beautiful to see. And we just laughed along with him, and he's laughing, and Sam's smiling because Dean's laughing, and it was it was just just great. I mean, you know, because it's supernatural, it won't last. <laughs> it's it's nice to have it and really appreciate it because we don't get to see it that often. I mean, I next week's preview looks pretty exciting. Yes, it does. Exciting. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to that too. Definitely tell it's a February with sweeps. <laughs> right, um, right. Was, you know, I didn't get a chance to check. How were the ratings last night? How were the? Um, they're pretty much staying the exact same week to week. Again, point seven, zero point seven in eighteen to forty nine year olds, and around I think it was like one point seven eight million first. Mm-hmm. So week to week we're staying right. You know we're not losing any, but we're, you know we're not gaining any, but we're not losing any. So. Mhm. Well, that's a that's a good thing. Holding their own. Um. Probably still too early to think about it. Season eight, but sometimes we hear early, so that would be nice to know one way or the other. I would be really, really surprised if we did not get a season eight. Mhm. Me too. Me too. Very cool. Um, Just say anything about the fundraiser? Yeah, we're almost to twenty five thousand, which is huge. I mean, supernatural fandom, nobody can beat us. I'm, I'm telling you, when mm-hmm. we, you know, when when supernatural fandom decides to do something, they go for it. And we've already raised almost. Let me pull it up, and I'll get the total. Of course, now my internet's decided it wants to be really slow. Here we go. Were um, supernatural fans have raised twenty four thousand seven hundred and nineteen dollars so far for um, St Jude Children's Research Hospital, and hope um, we're having a card made um, that we'll be presenting to Jared at the Burbank Convention um, first weekend in March. And everybody who's donated up until uh, you know who's donated from day one till now will have their name in the card. I got the names ready today and sent off to the person who's making the card, and it was um, 50 pages in a Word document. That's how many names. That's awesome, so awesome. Mm-hmm. That is spectacular. It's supernatural. You know, we're kind of a wild and crazy bunch sometimes, but we're the, the generosity and kindness that we're capable of is just extraordinary. You know, it is amazing. And we're still doing the giveaways, so you know everybody who you know who who has donated up until now, and everybody you know who keeps donating because we are going to keep accepting um, donations until the, um, Jared and Jen's baby's born. Everybody who donates will have their name put into the drawing to win some of the prizes that we're giving. And you can see the list of prizes over on our website, WinchesterBros.com. But there's like um, things autographed by Jared and Jensen and Misha, um, things autographed by. Um, Whedonverse stars like David Boreanaz and Sarah Michelle Geller and Joss Whedon and James Marsters and I mean just tons of really really great stuff. Some very unique um, 
supernatural jewelry made out of like Winchester bullets, Winch- actual Winchester Ooh. bullet casings, uh, supernatural Ooh. charm bracelet, just all kinds of cool stuff. So, you know, donate, you get to help St. Jude's Children's Hospital, and you could win a prize. I mean, you can't beat that. <laughs> nope. <laughs> it's a win win, I think they call that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what else? Oh, I um, also want to mention, I, I think in my long list of places to find Winchester Radio, uh forgot to mention you can download us from iTunes. I usually mention it every week, but I think I missed uh, this time. So, yes, you can find us on iTunes as well. Um, just, just search for Media Boulevard, M-E-D-I-A-B-L-V-D. Yep. And... I think that's it. We're good. Or... I yeah. I hate that Vinny. Uh, Vinny texted me. She didn't get out of work actually till about twenty minutes ago. So that's why oh. she wasn't able to call in for the show. So, Mr. Vinny. Yeah, Mr. Vinny. I'm sorry. I kept watching for you, but. Next oh, week. oh, real, real quick. I do want to mention. You know, last weekend was the Nashville convention. And that um, I went to. And when um, I had my duo photo op with Jared and Jensen, Jared brought up the fundraiser first. He looked at me and he said, did you know we've hit 20000 And so I told him, I said, actually, we've, you know, at that time we'd just broken twenty-one. And I said, you know, we broke twenty-one. And Jensen and Jared both said how awesome and amazing that was. So, you know, fans, if you're listening, you know, Jared and Jensen know all about the fundraiser and they are so excited and just amazed and grateful for everything that the fans do. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. Very cool. And I guess on that lovely note, we'll sign off for this week. Sounds good. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And thank you, Mike, for coming on the show. We had a great time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and thank you to Mike Roll, the director from last night. Hope we get to have him on again soon. He was fantastic, and Hope Creation uh, invites him invites him to at least the Vancouver convention since that's in his backyard, and maybe L.A. or Chicago or somewhere. But that'd be great. He's, he was great on here, so he'd be, uh, make a fantastic guest. And that's it. Thanks, everybody. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye.